Welcome to the Daily Bite with your host, Pastor Steve Andrews. The oracles of God against the nations continue in Isaiah chapter 21. The oracle concerning the wilderness of the sea, as whirlwinds in the Negev sweep on, it comes from the wilderness from a terrible land. A stern vision is told to me. The traitor betrays, and the destroyer destroys. Go up, O Elam, lay siege, O Medea. All the sighing she has caused I bring to an end. Therefore my loins are filled with anguish. Pangs have seized me like the pangs of a woman in labor. I am bowed down so that I cannot hear. I am dismayed so that I cannot see. My heart staggers. Horror has appalled me. The twilight I longed for has been turned for me into trembling. They prepare the table, they spread the rugs, they eat, they drink. Arise, O princes, oil the shield, for thus the Lord said to me, Go, said a watchman, let him announce what he sees. When he sees riders, horsemen in pairs, riders on donkeys, riders on camels, let him listen diligently, very diligently. Then he who saw cried out, Upon a watchtower I stand, O Lord, continually by day, and at my post I am stationed whole nights. And behold, here come riders, horsemen in pairs. And he answered, Fallen, fallen is Babylon, and all the carved images of her god he has shattered to the ground. O my threshed and winnowed one, what I have heard from Yahweh of hosts, the God of Israel, I announce to you. The Oracle Concerning Duma One is calling to me from Seir, Watchman, what time of the night? Watchman, what time of the night? The watchman says morning comes, and also the night. If you will inquire, inquire, come back again. The Oracle Concerning Arabia In the thickets in Arabia you will lodge, O caravans of Dedanites. To the thirsty bring water. Meet the fugitive with bread, O inhabitants of the land of Tima. For they have fled from the swords, from the drawn sword, from the bent bow, and from the press of battle. For thus the Lord said to me, Within a year, according to the years of a hired worker, all the glory of Kedar will come to an end, and the remainder of the archers of the mighty men of the sons of Kedar will be few, for Yahweh the God of Israel has spoken. So here we end up with really the prophecy of judgment against three different groups. The first group is verses 1 through 10 and is likely to be identified in verse 9. So in verse 1, it's identified as the wilderness of the sea. But in verse 9, we have the word spoken by God, fallen, fallen is Babylon. So likely here what we have is an oracle against Babylon, which is why your Bible should have it subtitled that. I know mine does and many others do as well. So the Negev in verse 1 is a Hebrew word that means the dry land, the dry country. Um, you think of the whirlwinds that sweep across the desert, almost like a sandstorm. Um, just a terrible event coming on, terrible land mentioned there. Isaiah in verse 2 receives a prophecy. Uh, a vision is told to him, given to him. And that vision? Sinful men do what sinful men do. So the traitor betrays. The one who destroys, he destroys. They continue about their sins. And so God now then calls upon Elam and Medea, two different locations that are 
out east of Babylon. They are bordered, they border each other. On the south, they're bordered by the Persian Gulf. On the north, they're bordered by the Caspian Sea. God is going to bring these two nations against the third, which again, Babylon here in the text. And that's the, the last part of verse two, that all the sighing that she has caused, everything Babylon has caused of harm to others is going to be brought to its end. God's judgment on human sin comes, and it has come for Babylon. Verses 3 and 4 invite us to consider what it would have been like to have received this vision, what it would be like to be the prophet that serves the Lord and has to speak this word to people. Isaiah is emotionally mourning. He's struck by the what he sees, the destruction that he sees in his vision. Like God, Isaiah is on the victorious side of all of this, but it still cause him, causes him grief to see what's been provided and what he's been given to speak. Verse 5, uh, the Babylonians are partying. They don't expect it. They don't see the judgment of God coming. They are not prepared. Verse The second part of verse 5, the oiling of shields is done in preparation of war. It's good maintenance for the shield, but it's also war prep. Isaiah is calling them to be prepared, but they aren't. Verse 6, God calls for a watchman, and that is Isaiah. and He is to listen for, for God to speak. Verse 8, uh, he who saw cried out, so again, Isaiah doing the watchman task, and he, he calls out to the Lord, and God gives the answer. God speaks and says that Babylon has fallen. All of the carved images of her gods shattered. He has shattered. So there are no other gods besides the Lord, and he destroys, in his judgment, all of the idols that we have in this world and in this life. Verse 10 gives some harvest language, a threshed and winnowed one. Uh, so the threshing floor in, in the season of harvest, you would take the crop, the wheat from the field, and you would use that floor, you would use the, the winnowing fork, you'd pick up a scoop, you'd toss it into the air, you would let the wind do the work for you. I mean, God do the work for you. As the, the wind would separate the light, the chaff, it would blow that away, while the, the actual wheat, the good stuff, the crop that you wanted to keep and either sell or eat for your family, it would fall back down to the floor. So here in verse 10, this harvest image of separation of wheat and chaff, Yahweh has, has spoken to Isaiah, and now Isaiah is speaking to the people. Isaiah is announcing to the ones who have been judged, the ones who have been separated. That might bring your, your mind to the imagery in Matthew 24 and 25, Jesus separating the, the sheep from the goats. Um, it's the kind of language we're getting here, almost identifying a remnant of faithful people over and against the ones that are being suffered, the ones that are being judged on account of their, their rejection of God, their idolatry. Now, the last part of verse 10 can continue the conversation from before. Who has this role of announcing what God has said to you? It's a great question to discuss as a family. 
Uh, this is the role of a father in his home to teach his family about God. It is the role of a pastor within a congregation or a community. And as a whole, uh, as we think of being the Christian church sent out into a dying and broken world with the good news of the gospel, in that light, it ends up being all of us, that we all get to announce this grace of God into his creation. But it's not always pleasant work, just as uh, the vision Isaiah saw caused him emotional grief. So it will for the pastor, the father, the missionary, to speak both law and gospel, to see the brokenness of people, to have them reject the free gifts that God would give of life, salvation, and forgiveness, knowing full well that the judgment is following that it can be a emotionally painful task but as isaiah will later say in chapter 52 how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news so it'll be a couple of weeks before we get to that chapter but worth bringing that to our attention the next oracle is just verses 11 and 12. So 1 through 10 were about Babylon. Now 11 and 12 are about Duma, and 13 through 17 are going to be about Arabia. So Duma is a city to the south of Babylon, and this oracle against it really just speaks of the suddenness of judgment. So somebody's calling out asking, what time of the night is it? The watchman should know the answer to that question. They ask it twice. And the watchman gives them just this ridiculous response. Oh, you know, morning comes, the night comes. But it it can bring our it can bring our attention to Matthew chapter twenty four, verse forty three, where Jesus talks about how the the judgment of God, the return of Christ, is going to come like a thief in the night. God's judgment upon these wicked nations is going to come swiftly. Um, and without their knowing. The judgment on Arabia, verses 13 through 17. So Arabia is a land south of Babylon. We get two other places mentioned, Dedan and Tima. Both of those are a couple hundred miles east of the Red Sea. And really the picture you get here is that uh, the Arabians are going to be fleeing. They're going to be running from God's judgment and looking for anywhere that they can can find shelter and rest from that. And as the, the latter verses say at the end of the chapter, within a year's time, so Isaiah once again giving an actual time period to this judgment coming true, there won't be much of anything left. So you have the the idea of Qadar mentioned here, that's an Arabian tribe, a particular group. Now, it could be a reference to all of Arabia, but it's simply mentioning one group at, at the moment in the text. And the archers are the mighty men of the sons of Qadar. Likely there, that's a reference to something that they were well known for. Uh, but even if it, even on a more simple level, it's the idea that their warriors stood no chance. In the judgment of God, they had no ability to fight back. They were overwhelmed. That is what we as sinners deserve. So again, we we get to announce the grace of God today 
both the law and the gospel. We announce that people are sinners, but we also get to announce that God forgives that sin and has a place in paradise being prepared for them through the love of Jesus Christ our Lord.